I'm still angry. This is Dr. Ronald Stewart. I'm the chair of the Department of Surgery at UT Health San Antonio. And a trauma surgeon at University Hospital, a place he's worked for four decades. In the last five years, he's treated victims from two of the worst mass shootings in U.S. history, right here in South Texas. One in a church, in a church, in a small rural community, and the second in an elementary school in a small rural community. He knows well the wounds caused by the firepower used in both the carnage in Sutherland Springs and now recently Uvalde. The AR-15 is, is designed to be easy to stay on target. There's multiple wounds per patient. And whenever I say we don't usually see them because the medical examiner usually sees those patients. For those patients who do make it into Dr. Stewart's care. A lot of tissue damage, a lot of destruction. There's a path of the bullet that gets injured, but in a with high velocity wounds, what happens is there's a zone much larger than the bullet itself that the tissue gets injured or destroyed or is missing. For the last eight years, in the wake of the Sandy Hook Elementary School killings, Dr. Stewart has been working alongside fellow physicians as part of the American College of Surgeons to come up with solutions to gun violence. It doesn't require someone to put aside Second Amendment rights. It doesn't require someone to put aside the view that we have a really a public health uh, epidemic of firearm-related injury and violence. But a solution does require an understanding of the problems, and that takes education. Stricter gun laws are often the first target. This is the standard AR-15. Basically, an AR-15 is a semi-automatic rifle. Brock Wilkerson owns a place to shoot on the far south side. Guns have been a lifelong passion of his. So this particular firearm, shoots the exact same bullet that this AR does. The only difference is, is this is a bolt gun and this is a semi-automatic. What's the difference in functionality there? This one I have to load the next round before I pull the trigger. So I'm going to eject it, close it, and then pull the trigger. This one I just pull the trigger. I do not have to go through this motion. You don't have to go through many motions in Texas to buy a gun. You have to be 18 or older to buy a rifle or a shotgun. You have to be 21 or older to buy a handgun. If you're buying a gun from a licensed dealer, like a place to shoot, you must undergo a background check. A customer fills out a form and the information is run through the National Instant Criminal Background Check System. Those checks can take just a couple of minutes. On a bad day, they can take 30 to 45 minutes to an hour. Right now, the background check law does not apply to private sales or transfers. So if someone wanted to purchase a gun and give it to a relative as a gift, they would not have to do a background check on the person who's going to receive the gun. Texas also has a constitutional carry law, meaning a person 21 or older can openly carry a handgun in public in a holster without a license. There are some people who cannot own any guns in Texas. And those include felons, uh, certain domestic uh, relations of violators, some misdemeanants, and a number of other categories in the state statute. Outside of those categories, Texas law does not specifically put restrictions on who or how a person can carry a shotgun or a rifle like the AR-15. Do you think that there are misconceptions about an AR-15? Absolutely. I can physically show you probably one that would kind of change everybody's mind. This is a it doesn't look near as aggressive as this gun. This gun's been made since the 60s. Um, this is a semi-automatic firearm. 
has a magazine on it. Um, just like the rest of the ARs do, been made for a long time. The longer magazine, the more round capacity. So this gun could, in all reality of it, shoot just as many times as that caliber right there. They're the identical functioning guns, but one looks more aggressive than another one. It's undeniable that AR-style rifles are used again and again in mass shootings. It's a gun that shoots ammunition at up to three times the speed of sound. Parents of the victims in Uvalde had to provide DNA so children's bodies could be identified. Two children whose bodies have been pulverized by bullets fired at them, decapitated, whose flesh had been ripped apart. In the wake of that shooting, there are again calls for a ban on the AR-15 and weapons like them. From 1994 to 2004, the U.S. had an assault weapons ban put in place under President Clinton. The ban also included magazines that could hold more than 10 rounds. Most of us, I believe, in the gun industry feel like we're going the wrong direction. The shootings themselves have increased. Um, the access to the firearms really have not. We need to look more at mental health issues. Um, I would argue and say that a lot of the video games of today might have a greater impact on the psychological aspect for kids than a firearm. Wilkerson adds to that the desensitization to violence in general through entertainment. But on the aspect of mental health, ask those in that profession. Well, I really want to get away from linking mental health and mental health care to uh, tragedies like we've had recently. The biggest difficulty is is that we're not necessarily all talking about the same things. I think that there's much good that can be done, but the vast majority of school shooters are actually do not have a diagnosable mental illness, and actually they're more likely to be people who have a mental illness are more likely to be victims rather than the perpetrators of violence. I think the bottom line is that mental health support services are woefully lacking in the state of Texas. And that usually means funding. We're, we're running about 50th out of 50 states for funding services. Concerns over a person's mental state and access to guns are combined in red flag laws. 19 states have them. Texas does not. Florida passed a red flag law after 17 people were shot and killed at a high school in Parkland in 2018. It allows a judge to take guns away from someone who is determined to be a threat to themselves or others. It's been used more than 5,000 times in four years. There is the requirement under all state statutes and under the constitutional provisions of due process that within, depending on the statute, two to 14 days after the order seizing the weapons, the person from whom the weapons are seized has the right to appear and contest and have a full due process hearing over the allegations. We tell ourselves two stories that are off, that are conflicting stories that I think are overly simplistic. For eight years, Dr. Ronald Stewart has been researching and traveling the country as part of the American College of Surgeons. The group identified two common narratives when it comes to guns. One I call the fireman freedom story. In that narrative, guns are seen as personal protection and symbolize freedom through constitutional liberty. Gun control is seen as freedom control. The other story, we call the fireman violence story. Firearm and violence. People in this group see guns as harmful. That harm limits their freedom to feel safe, especially in places like churches and schools. And guns are seen as a symbol of violence. 
the American College of Surgeons used those narratives to find a common one, tapping their own physicians who know guns. Law enforcement, NRA members, uh, veterans, uh, people who, who really care about firearms. That common narrative looks like this. Prioritize protecting liberties of the Constitution while acknowledging gun violence is a major preventable cause of death. It intentionally borrows from those competing stories we tell ourselves. The American College of Surgeons has 14 recommendations, some of the most significant. Background checks for all gun sales, create gun registration, reclassify certain guns like the AR-15, which could lead to more stringent licensing requirements to own them, require gun safety training for all owners, require safe gun storage and create red flag laws, while also trying to understand and address root causes of violence. In Washington, a bipartisan bill that takes aim at gun violence has now been signed into law. Some of its biggest provisions are enhanced reviews for gun buyers 18 to 21, incentives for states to create their own red flag laws, mental health investment, and boosting school security. You're talking about truly completely innocent children. And to me, the most kindest, sincere, honest professionals that we have, which are our elementary school teachers. I'm married to one. Uh, telling those stories about the impact on those families, it should move everyone in America, everyone, to do something different.